Hey there, sister. Nicole Johnson here. Thanks for listening to this episode today. It's very timely. It's a really good one. Uh, Pastor Sharon Darty uh, has been a pastor in my life uh, for a good almost 30 years, but she speaks to one of her giftings, and that is about the state of Israel. And so it's a, it's, it's a heavy word, but it's a good word that I think you're really going to enjoy. So listen up. Hey there, sister. Join our conversation as we chat about life, love, and legacy. Today, I am honored to introduce to my world someone who you're, you may be familiar with, but her name is Pastor Sharon Darty from Tulsa, Oklahoma. She and her husband, Pastor Billy Joe, were our pastors 20 eight years ago. God called us over there to be in that ministry. And actually, um, in my notes I wrote down, um, we met, that's the wrong note. Let me turn over here. There we go. We met in 1993. Wow. In September. (laughs) But you knew my husband, Phil, way before that. that. Yeah, he basically grew up there. his parents, yeah. Mm -hmm. His parents started with you back in Sheridan Mm -hmm. at, at the transition. But I used to always tell people that um, I was married into victory because <laughs> I, when I first got there, I was I was Phil's wife. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, but you are the founding pastor along with your husband, Pastor Billy Joe. You're a mother to not just your four, but of course their spouses, but a mother to many, many, many people, men and women around the world that call you mother. You're a I grandmother of, of how many? How 14. many grands? 14 grands. <laughs> they come to my house each week. Oh, wow. Well, they're just, hey. Well, with the stories that Pastor Paul tells um, on his, I listened to Pastor Paul on Mondays, his, the podcast from Victory, and he talks about the times when you as a mom and he as a son would sit down, well, you would say, sit down, let me make you a grilled cheese sandwich. sandwich. So I almost, I almost offered you a grilled cheese sandwich today, <laughs> but I'm so honored because Pastor Sharon's actually here at our home in in our in our studio office here, um, because she's going to be ministering at our church. Vision. Now I know this is dated. Don't know when this is actually going to be coming out, but you can always look at the YouTube of our services on our on our website, uh, our YouTube channel, Vision Church, and then also our website. But anyway, so getting back to how how we know you, so it's through Victory. My husband, like I said, cut his teeth. On, on on in the youth group there playing the drums the guitar and I met him when he was playing the drums and uh, and and how do we stay connected is through is through me reading your books you're an author of how many books have you authored now oh <clears throat> several I, yeah I just so, several we'll just say several <laughs> and um and so one one sweet story. <clears throat> about you is my husband and I, we were also on staff at a Victory Church down in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And Dick Mills came and ministered one time, and or many times, but this one particular time, he had Phil and I stand up, and we had just, just vacated the platform from worship worship leading, and and and, and so he just, he, he said, now he, he, he stood us up and he said, oh, what do you, who are you and what do you do? And so, of course, we were taken aback because he just saw what we did. But but Phil said, well, we I'm the minister of music or I lead worship. And while Phil's answering, my mind is going 90 to nothing because I had <laughs> school, daycare, um, church, choir, yeah. um, uh, events. I had Trying all these things. And I knew he was going to say, now, what do you do? 
And I was going to list off everything that I did. But you know what? When he asked me, the only thing that came out of my mouth, and it was something that I read from Pastor Sharon Darty, and it's a title to one of your, your first, one of your early books. And I, I just simply said, I am called by my husband's side. Wow. Wow. And Holy Spirit just kind of zipped me after that. But that's my greatest calling, um, is called by my husband's side. Is that book still in print? It, it uh, is. It is. I need to re uh, redo it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so with all that, um, you also have a great heart, and this is another connector for Israel. Um, my father took me to Israel when I was uh, twelve years old. Never forgot it, and definitely want to go back. But I want to start this podcast off. We're we're in a time of history right now that the whole world is looking at Israel, and right. you are. The um, the area director uh-huh. for Oklahoma, and so t- tell us your title with uh, Christians United for Israel. There are now over eleven million people that are connected with Christians United for Israel. It's the largest lobbyist group in Washington D.C. Uh, we go there every summer um, <clears throat> to meet to hear various ones, whether they are Congress people, senators, or they're our representatives or their um, military people from Israel, mm. uh, other people from Israel. And so uh, we hear up-to-date reports, and then we go to all of our senators and congressmen of our states, all 50 states, and um, we talk, We ask them to uh, hear the three talking points that we have been given, and we ask them to support Israel and to not back away. And so <clears throat> it's been a real um, positive uh, effect upon uh, the direction of Congress <clears throat> regarding Israel and our support for Israel. So it started with Brother John Hagee back in 2006. We had this first meeting down in San Antonio, Texas that my late husband and I attended. and in that um, he just pulled together anybody and everybody that had said that they supported Israel. Mm-hmm. And he said, but we say this, but how are we doing that? If I can interject, or, or I, have, I, have, I have a question within a question. My husband asked me a couple of months ago, and I think he may even asked you in January, what does that mean, I stand with Israel? And I'm like, I've always known what that means because sure. that's how I was raised. But for someone who's not a lobbyist or a legislator or just, you know, a right. lay person, how can they stand with Israel and support Israel? Well, I think it's important to know our biblical heritage, you know, to go back to Abraham, you know, the father of our faith. And <clears throat> well, isn't that in today's today's news, we hear the Abrahamic Accord. Right. And Trump really did... I feel he should have received a Nobel Prize for what he did yes. in connecting the nations together mm-hmm. that people had always said was impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe since that time, we've had a weaker president that um, that has caused um, now things to uh, disintegrate or, or unravel, so to speak, in those relationships, many, many of them. And... I think to me right now, we are at Psalms 83. And Psalms 83 talks about the nations that are surrounding Israel and how that they will confederate together. 
you know, we used to just think of the word Confederate, meaning the South versus Well, we the are North. in Arkansas. <laughs> the South versus the North. But mm-hmm. actually, it's in the Bible. And it's Psalms 83. And these particular nations, uh, they said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more remembered. That And then they said, We've consulted together with one consent... We are a confederate against Israel. Against. Uh Mm Uh-huh. And so then it names these, it gives the names that at the time of the Bible days, it gives those names, but it pretty much uh, identifies um, the various nations that surround Israel, Mm -hmm. which would be, you know, of course, Palestine within it, uh, Jordan, um, and the Gaza Strip, Hamas, Egypt, and uh, Lebanon and Syria. And so, you know, a lot of people, and Turkey and Saudi Arabia, but um, a lot of people think that we're at Ezekiel chapter 38, uh, where Russia will come down. It says, you know, God will put a hook in the jaw of uh, the nation of that's in the north, and they will come down and uh, to, against Israel. But um, right now, Russia does not need to come down on Israel because they have proxy nations that are connected to them, yeah. like Iran. Right, they're Iran, funded, yeah. Even though Iran is the chief sponsor of terrorism and supplies the weapons to the terrorist groups, Iran is actually uh, backed by Russia. Mm-hmm. So um, so anyway, we're seeing Bible being revealed right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as as Christians, I just say this as Christians, we go back to Genesis 12, and I'll just read that real quick, because God told Abram, at that time his name was Abram, and uh, he, he had been with his family, and they'd been living, they, he had, he, Abram looked at the stars, and he would, he found guidance in that direction. Uh, this was before the, the Torah or the Bible was ever in print. And so he went on a voice that had spoken to him, and he had had a voice speak to him that he was to go to this land that God was going to show him. Well, then, um, after his father died, and they were in uh, this area of um, Turkey and uh, or Iraq, one of those, I'm, I'm trying to remember which one it was, but he, um, he heard the Lord speak to him again. And... Um, and when the Lord said to him, I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. So in faith, he went on that voice. I mean, I just think today yeah. mm-hmm. how amazing that is that he heard he heard an audible voice. That of was course. before Holy Spirit <clears throat> came. And so he just went on that voice direction. Mm-hmm. And he went to a, a land. It was called Canaan at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were... They did not believe in the one true God. None of the nations at that time believed in the one true God. They all worshipped various gods. But Abram believed in the one true God. And he had uh, instructed his family mm-hmm. that he had been a part Isn't of. Isn't that amazing? That. Even men back then were were searching. Yeah, they were searching. We've always been searching as a human race. Yeah, for God. And I think that, you know, that's something that God, as the creator, put inside of us, that mm-hmm. we needed to worship some something beyond ourselves. And so um, so anyway, Abram, he, he goes and God says to him, 
I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you and your name will be great. You'll be a blessing and you will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Well, that word curse, of course, has a meaning of not just somebody with their words cursing somebody, but uh, it has a meaning of ignoring, um, mistreating them, uh, disdaining them. Uh, despising them. And so he said, those that do this to you, Abram, um, they will be cursed. Mm. Uh, And so Abram then, yeah. And so Abram then, um, as he was in that land, uh, and it was there that God gave him that dream that the people of his seed were going to end up in Egypt for 400 years. And, um, and so anyway, um, Later, because he had taken his his uh, nephew Lot with him, and he and his wife Sarai, you know, they had Lot with them in Lot's tribes, mm-hmm. his group. And so then um, God spoke to them uh, because they, they split up because he didn't want strife. And so um, he said, Lot, you go wherever direction you want to go, and I'll go the opposite direction. And so Lot chose the most fertile direction, which was Sodom. And um, and so then God told Abram, go up to this mountain and look north, south, east, and west. I'm going to give you all of it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that happened. I mean, the thing is with prophetic words, they don't always happen immediately, <laughs> you know? Right. And and so mm-hmm. sometimes we're such a society that's so instant, we want to see things happen immediately. And then we'll say, if it doesn't happen immediately, well, that was a false prophecy. That was not really God. Well, see, we're, we're, we're regulated to time. God mm-hmm. is not that's on right. our time table. That's right. He's not within our time frame but last night, um, I was able to attend um, the uh, the women's encounter, encounter. Yeah. and uh, Pastor Ashley gave a good word about discernment. Yeah, discerning a word. Sometimes it is a now word, and it's going to unfold quickly. Right. Other times it takes, it takes years, time. and it may be generational. Right. The the word that Dick Mills gave us back when I started the the podcast, uh, he was talking about where God was taking us. Now that took a couple of years, but everything he said came to pass. Happened. Yeah. Oh, I and know. There's still, you know, there's he still, gave us words. There's still times. words that happen. Yeah. My my dad says. For me to, I've got to live a hundred years for me to fulfill every every word that's that's come to me, you know. But you don't throw it out. You don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. No. You wait and see, and it may be the now word for you, yeah. and it may be for your children or grandchildren. And sometimes how words unfold are always a surprise. Mm-hmm. How it, how it ends up. You happening. can't make this stuff up. <laughs> you can't figure it out. But anyway, yeah. So Abram uh, later ended up um, um, when he was when. When he was like a hundred years old, and Sarah was Sarah was ninety, and uh, God said, "I'm going to give you this son, and you're going to name him Isaac." Well, um, you know, here they were past age, so <laughs> it was going to be a miracle. Mm-hmm. But they believed; they just believed what God said. And I think that's an important point for us today: is that many times people think from the natural perspective, "Oh, that's impossible," you know, something that that they sense that they're to do or uh, they're being led to do. And we should never rule out the fact that God is miraculous. Mm-hmm. He's supernatural. And so 
Um, God told him, I'm changing your name to Abraham because you're going to be the father of a multitude, father mm. of nations. Yeah. It's interesting. When my son, John, had his first child, he uh, wanted to name name her Nations somewhere mm. in her name. So mm. her name is Blythe Nations. Oh. And he said, because I want to be the father of nations. <laughs> But anyway, Abraham and then Sarai was Mm -hmm. changed to Sarah because she was the mother of multitude. And so uh, they had Isaac. Well, then Isaac ended up having Jacob and Esau. And Jacob was the one that uh, his name was changed. Mm -hmm. His name was changed when he struggled with God one night and he prevailed Mm -hmm. with this angel that he got in a, a wrestling match with. And he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And so uh, his name was changed that night to and he Israel. Walked, he walked different every yeah. day after that. Yeah, he, he had a lamp the same. because mm-hmm. of that place that the angel touched in his hip. And so um, out of Israel came nine, these, these various tribes. Mm-hmm. And so um, to, even today, uh, Jewish people... They they loved they loved genealogy because they believe that genealogy is very important. It's why you know in our Bibles sometimes we look at Matthew chapter one and some of those mm-hmm. that have all these genealogy names and we're thinking if I can just get through these names mm. like Chronicles you know mm-hmm. and and but they're important yeah because that's how the Jews uh, would know if a person was truly. Uh, a Jew, a God-fearing person, or if they were not. Mm-hmm. And so um, so anyway, um, Israel, of course, came from that. And then um, over the years, because Israel, um, Israel went away from God, and they, um, yeah, they, did. they got pulled into the serving the gods of the lands that they were uh, defeating or that they were mm-hmm. conquering and um and so because of that then they they ended up being taken you mm-hmm. know as slaves into various directions when god gave them instructions he basically said if you do this you will be blessed yeah. But if you do this, I mean, he laid yeah, it out. And, he, yeah, it was it's obedience. not a mystery. It's it was not obedience. a mystery. It's right there yeah. in the word. If you do this, this, this is will happen. happen. If you don't do this, this will happen. Mm-hmm. So um, over and over, you know, any time that they were conquered by an enemy, it was because of that. And so, um, so <clears throat> you know, it was to bring them back to that place of obedience and submission to God. But God is um, God is not like other gods. I mean, He's a He's a good God. He's yeah. a merciful God, and yeah. God will always receive someone back after they've disobeyed, after they've done something that they shouldn't, and they've come to Him and said, "Oh God, forgive me. I just, you know, I was wrong, and I I I want you. I need you." And so, um, over and over, that's that's mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, beautiful. Well, um, now. You know, then we get to the days of Jesus and when, um, I mean, there's so much history, but, you know, yeah. we can't have have time to go into it. But um, when, when Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24 and he said, uh, this and this is this is going to happen, um, one of the things he prophesied was Jerusalem was going to be surrounded by enemies and 
and destroyed, and um, that happened in 70 AD. And so um, they were taken and scattered to the other nations. Well, throughout time, there's always been this knowing from the Bible that they needed to be back in their own land. Mm-hmm. They always held their Hebrew language wherever they were. They didn't forsake that. And so um, it's interesting because Scripture says they'll come back to their land and God will put them back in their land and uh, they'll never go away from that land. So um, so anyway, um, when the... When the nations, when Britain and those uh, nations wanted to see Israel restored to their land because they didn't have a land, and so um, so they so like in World War One, um, the Balfour Agreement, when that happened, and they were told that they were going to be able to you know go back to a land where they could settle, and and so. Um, so when that when that was happening then after that war you had some some of the arabs that were upset because they were told that if they fought in world war 1 to defeat the ottomans cuz the ottomans had control of all that land in the mm. middle east and they said um if you fight in the war you know then we'll help you to get this land at that time well of course when rome when the Romans conquered it, they changed the name from Israel to Palestine. Mm-hmm. And um, they knew that because Palestine, it comes out of the word Philistine. Yeah. And they knew the Philistines were Israel's enemies. Mm. And so yeah. um, they hated Israel. The Romans did. And so... Yeah, they uh, oppressed before Jesus' time. That's why yeah, all the Jews yeah. were excited. He's going to come overthrow the Roman government. And yeah. so... Um, so the land was called Palestine, and when the Ottomans took it over, they kept the name Palestine. Mm. And, of course, the Ottomans represented the Muslim belief. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that name Palestine is kept, was kept all through those years. And then when, um, after the war, when Britain got control of it, then the Arabs said, well, you know, we thought you were going to give us this land. Because there were both Arabs and Jews living there at the time. And so um, <clears throat> the, uh, so Brit- the British, they had already been, there, there was enough people in Britain that were Christian that had already felt, in the, according to scriptures, that, that the Jews were to have a homeland of their own. So it's just such a small sliver of land. It's only... Yeah. Uh, it could fit eight times in the state of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and so, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's a it's a, a connecting place too, and um, and so when right right about the time right before World War II, um, there was a meeting that happened with uh, at that time it was Franklin Roosevelt was our president, and. He was meeting with other world leaders. And because of trying to appease, you know, trying to be a peacemaker and and that sort of thing, he made the statement, he said, well, as long as I'm president, Israel will never become a nation. And, uh, or oh, that it will never become a nation of, called Israel. 
Oh my. One week later, he died. Oh my. His vice president, he had about four different vice presidents because he was in longer than a normal term of presidency. Because of the war. Because of the war. Mm -hmm. And so um, when he dropped dead, his vice president was Trump, uh, was uh, Truman. Truman. Well, Both of their know. names start with T-R-U. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, so Truman stepped up, and the first executive order that he did was he said, I want to, I want to uh, announce uh, we're happy to receive Israel as a nation. Well, with, that sounds the, a lot like Trump. That's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Oh, that's my. what I was thinking. Anyway, oh, Truman had a friend wow. he had fought in World War I with that was a Jew. And the Jew said to him, God put you in your mother's womb for this very reason, mm. for this purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, we never know yeah. all of our um, yeah. what what we're going to impact the world around us. There, with. There's a statue in um, uh, Central Park of a of a Jewish man who funded so much of uh, some. I don't. I, sh- I should have brought it up because I don't have all the details. But I wonder if there's a connection there. There could be. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but at the time then, uh, when Israel became a nation in 1948, mm-hmm. um, immediately the nations around her attacked her. Well, yeah. And so then uh, again, you know, she was she's been attacked through the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they had to use the people that they had. I mean, um, mm-hmm. there was a British general that came down to train them. He said, you cannot just, if you're going to keep this country, uh, he said, you, you can't just, you're going to have to learn how to fight. Mm. And so he said, I'm going to show you some tactics. And so they still use some of his tactics today. I was going to say, today. I think he, did, he was a pretty good teacher. And so, yeah. um, so he... Um, he helped them, and and so when you there's a museum in in Jerusalem, and it's under Mike Evans' ministry. Okay, and it's so great because he shows all the different Gentiles, which you and I we would be Gentiles, mm-hmm. all those that are not Jews. Um, it shows all these different people through the centuries that were somehow used to help facilitate mm. the Jews and getting into that place that they needed to be. And so, um, so anyway. Talk about standing with Israel and supporting Israel. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And so, um, with standing with Israel, you know, I think it's important that we understand the Bible, uh, history, the, the biblical heritage, because then Paul wrote, the apostle Paul wrote in, uh, Romans, uh, first he said in Romans, the end of chapter two, he said, um, the person who is a real Jew is someone who is a Jew inwardly. And, um, and they've had not just circumcision of the flesh, but circumcision of the heart. Mm-hmm. So there are people. And he being who a have, Jew of Jews. Yeah. There are people that have embraced what's called the replacement theology saying, well, right. you yeah, know, no. we're, we're not, um, we're not supportive of Jews because, you know, they go to Israel and they see that there's people there that are atheists as well as as uh, believers, and so they reject it. You know, they say, you know, well, they have um, LGBTQ uh, people over there, and you know, mm-hmm. I I don't see that they're they're what you know we want to be connected with. Well, the problem is is that we have to see beyond that. 
uh, to see what God, how God views things. And so uh, going back to the scriptures, and then Paul wrote in Romans chapter 11, he said, has God forsaken his people? He said, God forbid. I am a Jew. Mm. And he said, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. And so um, he had such a, a heart for the, his own people, but yet he had a, God called him to reach the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then he talks about in that chapter of Romans 11, it's a good chapter to read, how that we as Gentiles got grafted into the vine, mm. that we were, we were not part of the vine, and then God grafted us in so that we could be a part yeah. of his family. And so that's why when Jesus made the statement, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever would believe in him would not perish but have life everlasting. He was talking about the world. He originally, you know, um, when Jesus came, he said, I've come first for the house of Israel, for the Jews. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so Paul was trying to help people to understand um there's this circumcision of the heart that we all need, yes. you know, when we come to, to Jesus Christ. But but Galatians 3, Paul wrote that one too, and he said, all of you who are of faith, you are now of the seed of Abraham. So Abraham, God said in Genesis 12, he was going to make his name great throughout the world and that his seed would be blessed. So we entered into this covenant. The Bible is a covenant. And so we've entered into this covenant with God Almighty through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And now we are part of Abraham's seed. So there's this connection with Jews and Christians. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we still believe everybody has got to come to that awakening and awareness of Jesus Uh Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, But we also... Understand, Romans 11 says, how will the Jews be won over except by your mercy? You know, uh, God has waited uh, for a certain time, and then there's going to be this big thrust of evangelism throughout the Jewish people. And, um, and so, you know, when we read the book of Revelation, when we see how that during the tribulation years, there's going to be these Jewish evangelists, young virgin men that are going to rise up and they're going to begin to evangelize the world. Come they're the, they're yeah. the 144,000. Wow. Yeah. And so they're going to begin to evangelize. And uh, Paul wrote this, that all of Israel will be saved, um, meaning those that, of course, believe mm-hmm. and receive. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we we just want to show that, and this is what Brother Hagee saw was, we we must show our support and our love and um and our our faith mm-hmm. that god is going to do great things in the days ahead and that if we're going to be his people then we we need to be able to see it and believe and and cooperate with him so good i'm so glad that we recorded this because you people who are listening can go back through and re-listen you gave so much history from abraham to today why we need to support israel and wow i i knew this was going to be rich it's going to be so good but thank you for walking us through stepping us through in that and i i'm not going to go down the normal questions that i normally would but i do want to because i don't want to 
take the take the 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 the, the main focus focus off of of our discussion today but i do want to end with this because um, part of this legacy is about this podcast is about legacy also god has kind of instructed me to have women on here who have impacted my life and who have collided with my life in some way and and impressed my life so pastor sharon you are impressive Oh. <laughs> you have, have, impre- have made an impression on my life, and I know the women that are listening are going to be changed by your message. But when you think about your future, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want your legacy to be? You know, I, I heard Brother Summerall say this one time. He said, I want on my gravestone, I obeyed God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, we were just talking about that starting this. This this podcast is what obedience sounds like, you know, and you said you've been in many yeah. situations. So like I that. think that would be it, you know, that I obeyed God obeyed God. Because everything in my life I had to hear what the Holy Spirit was saying and then do it. And um and I was just telling a, a lady that was with me, I said, you know, I guess the biggest thing that I have a challenge uh, right now is uh just staying in my lane, doing what I'm supposed to do. And knowing what I'm supposed to do and not um, not moving beyond where I need to be. Because there's I go to meetings and I get so inspired. Yeah, and yeah. I think, I need to do this. I need to be involved in this or whatever. You can't do everything. Yeah. And so uh, I've, I've prayed, Lord, I don't want to ever get comfortable. You know, too comfortable that, you know, like the scripture says in Isaiah where... Uh, God says, um, you've become too comfortable in Zion. And so um, I, don't want to, I don't want to get comfortable to the place where, you know, I don't have to think about what I'm doing. We have to think. We have to mm. uh, think and we have to then be willing to lay our lives down in various ways. And like when my husband passed, um, I heard that little voice on the inside of me say, you've got to rise up and steady the ship. Mm. And take it forward, and and, and then did I it very well. And I heard that little voice say, "You're a transition pastor. You're not going to be the pastor mm. forever." Well, that was important for me because you know people come to you; they're very sincere and loving, and you know people would say, um, "You know, I believe that you're called to do this." You know, for longest, you know, and mm-hmm. and uh, then they'd say, um, "Don't transition to your kids because they're not." there yet and all this kind of stuff you know just people are yeah. sincere but they're just sincerely wrong yeah and uh so yeah i needed to know god loved you enough to tell you yeah i needed to know when that transition was going to be that i and you know it's it was a good feeling at times i mean i got i caught called upon one time to go to washington dc and pray uh, in the Congress, mm. and uh, Nancy Pelosi was behind me, and I was below her. Wow! And then afterwards, I I had a chance to pray for her. But you know, um, wow. I had opportunities when I was pastoring, but you know, I could never get to a place where, um, well, I'm just going to stay in this. You know, I'm not going to transition. No, I had already heard that voice. Mm-hmm. So everything in my life. I look back and I just see how important it was for me to hear that little voice and and obey it. So good. So good. Well, Pastor Sharon, unfortunately, we are out of time. I need to feed you some dinner. 
So we're going to go ahead and, and say, say goodbye for today. But thank you so much for coming on and, yes. and speaking and, and pouring out um, into our listeners just your wealth of knowledge. And thank so you. those of you who are listening, um, you can get Pastor Sharon's books. Um, she also has a, a service every Sunday night at Victory in Tulsa. So if you're ever in Tulsa at that time, pop in. And I, I, I look forward to doing that someday um, and listening and sitting under your ministry because God's not finished with you yet. Yet, that's your right. Your best days are right in front of you. That's right. So sisters, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time. Can I, uh, can yes. I make one sentence? Yes, yes. If you're interested, I have a book called Avoiding Deception that is used in oh, our discipleship so, at our church. so good, yeah. And yeah. Lots of people, we use it in our Bible college, but lots of people have really, it's really helped them because in, a, in this book, we're in a time where we have to discern mm-hmm. and not become deceived uh, because there's so much deception around us. And so uh, I want to encourage you in that. And I'm then put that information in our show notes. Okay. So and then that. also there's a book, um, The Draw of Heaven. Yes. Of, of right after too. my husband passed. Uh, I wrote this book, and I just really felt I needed to address some things because I knew how people were wondering, well, your husband prayed for the sick, and they got healed, and why didn't he get healed? And, you know, all these questions, Mm. questions. And I thought, I've got to address it. And uh, so I did in that, helping people to stay in faith and continue. And then... um, uh, I've just written a book that I haven't gotten out yet, but it's called uh, Why Do I Need the Word? Oh, um, good. And we've got to um, we've got to see the importance of God's Word in my in our lives because it's going to be our source of being able to overcome. And your Fruit of the Spirit book. Yeah, my Fruit of the Spirit book is a good so one, too. So good. Love that one. I've taught that one throughout the years, too. So, Well, Pastor Sharon, we do have to go, but until next time, stay obedient. Yes. Hey sis, I just want to say thank you so much for the gift of your time to listen to this podcast. And if you want to, you could follow or subscribe, rate and review. But whatever you decide to do, stay obedient. Until next time, see ya.